I want to take you today as we start again with bound and determined and say, I have a hope that goes beyond hope. Job, the 11th chapter and the 13th verse in the New Living Translation, the NLT. You're going to find here one of Job's counselors so far is about to speak to him, giving him some instruction because Job was going through literal hell. In Job 11, 13, he says, if you only you would prepare your heart, and I'm saying this to you today, if only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer, if only you would do that, get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you, all those things that hinder you, leave them, put them behind you. Then, he said, if you do that, then your face will brighten with innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Your misery, it'll flow away from you. I'm bound and determined to see my misery flow away. Then he says, your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. Even the, what you call darkness will be bright. Now here's a key verse. Having hope. A hope beyond hope. Having hope will give you courage. You will be protected. Why? Because you've got this hope. You will be protected and will rest in safety. Why will you be protected and rest in safety? Because you have a hope. But my hope is built in nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. My hope is in him. My hope is in his word. My hope is in his, in, in his mission and our commission. And this is my hope. My hope is I am bound and determined to see you do things far greater than you ever thought you could do. Powerful things. You say, well, I want to know who are you talking to? Well, let me just clarify that. I'm talking to anyone that's listening to my voice, whether you're seated here or you're listening in some other avenue. I'm talking to you. I want to see great things come forth from your life. Now, the only thing that will stop that, the only limiting factor that will stop that is not Alan Meshagan. It's not anybody else seated here today. <coughs> it's you. You are the only limiting factor. Amen. You cause it to rise or to fall. You cause it to go forward or go backwards. It's all up to you. Say it's up to me. So if we walk in his power, if we walk in his hope, we walk in his ability, you, my friend, will break strongholds. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to define all the strongholds, but you can just use your imagination. Anything that's holding you down is a stronghold, and you're going to break through. You will possess the promises of God. I don't know how you feel, but I want to possess every promise that he has. I want it. But pastor... I don't think you see <coughs> what life has done to me. Life has taken so much from me. Listen to me. No one 
or nothing has the power to take anything away from a child of God. What happened was we surrendered our right, our authority over our life to some outside source. What happened when we feel like life has been stripped from us is we allowed our right, our authority over our life to some outside source. We allowed it. It's like somebody that's in a relationship where they're being beaten, husband or wife. Whose fault is it if you stay in that relationship? Now, let me just clarify this. God doesn't want you to be beaten. And anybody that tells you that you need to be beaten every day because that's going to show that you're a great Christian, they're off their rocker. Whether it be verbal or physical. So my point is, you make the choice. You're the one that does it. You've allowed some outside force to come in and change things in your life. But I am bound and determined for us to turn some things around. And we can turn them around. As a matter of fact, it all happens right in the seat where you're seated today with your determination, with your commitment, believing that, that you can walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. You can change things for the better. You can do it. And so I said last week, everyone wants to succeed. Everyone wants some good things. If that's really true, then we need to make the choice to open the door and let goodness in. Quit shutting it out. So we have to open the door to goodness. Quit shutting the door to it. Open the door to your healing. O open the door to your security. Open the door. Somebody say open the door. And let me say this. No man can shut that door if you've opened it under the authority of Jesus Christ. No man. See, we all have preconceived ideas about what we think is good. I mean, some of you have a preconceived idea of what's good when you go to dinner. Some of you like, and it's different for different people. Some people, if for, for some of your country folks, it's butter beans and, and biscuits and, 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 and uh, what do you call that stuff? Uh, uh, meat and gravy and all that stuff that the doctor tells me not to eat. And then other people, it's fish. Some it's shrimp. <clears throat> some it's roast beef, some it's whatever. Some it's just tofu. See, that's a preconceived idea. And so we get these ideas about what we think is good. But what we think is good is far different than what God considers is good. We will limit ourselves in what we think is good because God's got something better. I'm bound and determined to discover that. I'm bound and determined to uncover it so that you can live a better life. Now, I'm going to pray for you at the end of this service. I, I wasn't going to for the time, but I'm, I'm still, I'm going to anoint some folks today because, and it may not take a long time, but I want to anoint you because I want you healed. Amen. But I'm bound and determined for us to climb over those problems and keep going forward. Amen? And the only thing that stops me or you is right here is what we think because God has something far better for us my dear friends than you've ever imagined 
What are you saying? Our best, say my best, our best is far different than God's best. And, and our God-given authority mentality, and that's where I'm dealing with here some today, our God-given authority mentality is far different than the authority God wants us to abide in. You see, people don't realize that he has given us an authority that we will not accept. We don't want to use it. Or we don't even realize it's there. But there's a God-given authority. And it is our right. Some say, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take on too much and make God think that I, I, I'm grasping for things. And God's saying, wait a minute, you're not, I'm giving it to you. You can't work for it. <clears throat> now, I'm going to clear something up here right now. If you think you can pray yourself into a relationship with God, you can't. You may disagree with me. Prayer is wonderful. But that's not what gives you your relationship. The blood of Jesus Christ gave you the relationship. That was sealed on the cross. We became brothers and sisters through the blood of Jesus. So my relationship is with him because of the cross. I'm going to tear down some of your ideas because I'm bound and determined for us to go further than we've ever gone before. So we have an authority that's far different than anybody could ever imagine. We just don't take it. I hear people say again, the enemy has taken so much territory. Oh my God, the enemy's taken so much territory. But again, let me remind you, no one can take anything unless we release it. We have to abdicate our authority. We have to give it away. We have to say, it's whatever you will to be done to that offense and not my will. God's saying, well, look, you have a will, and that will I will respect through when you ask. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Your will is important to God. Your desires are important to God. If not, he's put it in Scripture. So we have to abdicate our authority. We abdicate our rights in Jesus Christ. So my hope and my aim is to walk in the power and the authority of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, and through his authority, I am. Everybody say, I am. And through his authority, I am bound to the power of love. Why? Why am I bound to the power of love? Because love changes things. I'm not going to define all these things for you. I'm giving you little pieces. Because love changes things. I'm bound to it. I'm bound to the power of forgiveness. You, see, you call forgiveness a power. You better believe it's a power. Why? Because forgiveness changes me. It does little for you, but it changes me. I'm bound to the power of understanding Wisdom and knowledge. Why? Because it gives me clarity and helps me to focus. I'm bound to this powerful call in Jesus Christ to see people set free. Why? This is our calling. Bound to it. I'm bound and determined to develop a place where our children's children can walk in greatness. Why? For they will be our legacy. That's why this message is so important, because if we're not bound and determined, let me just say this, the enemy of our soul is. Yeah. 
And he's bound and determined to stop us. I am bound and determined to create a place, and you should be saying the same thing. Create a place and an environment where everyone can pursue their destiny in Jesus. I'm bound and determined to walk in this hope that we started with this message. In my hope, a hope that goes beyond hope, which is the hope of Jesus Christ. I will, say I will, be emphatic, bound and determined. I will walk in victory. What do you mean? Whose victory, Bishop? Huh. His victory. He won the battle. I just get the spoils. He won the battle. I get the spoils. Matter of fact, I was praying this morning. I said, oh, Lord. And see, I have to, I, I've been preaching on healing on Hope at Home for I don't know how many weeks. So this morning, I, you know, I've, I've, I know all the scriptures. And I caught myself saying something that I, I don't like. Here's what I said. Lord, early this morning. I got up early. I said, Lord, I'm asking you to heal me. And I stopped and I said, wait a minute, that's not right. Lord, I want to thank you for healing me. That's the correct way to approach him. Lord, I'm just such a miserable wretch. I'm so torn and ruined. And God said, well, who are you? I didn't call you to be that. I called you to be great. So thank me for what I've already given you because you can't access it until you do it in thankfulness. So victory, 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 victory. There's a vast difference in what we call victory and what God sees as victory. Because you see this victory we're talking about is a lifestyle of victory, not just a temporary win. See, some victories are temporary wins. I don't want a temporary win. I want something that's lasting. Let me say this. The cross of Jesus Christ was not just a temporary fix. It was an eternal solution. Y'all get that? Eternal solution. That's why I'm bound and determined to proclaim it. Eternal. What does that mean? That means Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood for the God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. What's the only criteria? That whosoever. So once you believe, you're free. I can't pray myself into it. I can't give my tithe and offering into it. That's something he gave to me for free. Boy, it cost him something. So there is no temporary fix in Jesus. It's an eternal solution. I'm bound and determined to see you walking in God's miraculous power. And unless we get bound and determined, it'll never happen. But when I talk about power, it's something that God views differently than what, we, what we've experienced. What are you talking about? For the most part, our power, what we consider our power is superficial compared to the authority God intended. Superficial. Runs far deeper than you can ever imagine. 
See, we see today, oh, Bishop, you're a powerful man of God. We're going to pray, and we're going to power, we're going to overcome cancer. Really? Oh, diabetes, backaches, headaches, family problems, but God's power is far more encompassing than that. What do you mean? Well, look at the scripture, Luke 10, 19, in the King Jimmy Version. Behold, I give the scribes and the Pharisees, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. That's all encompassing. All power. Well, Bishop, I'm hearing you, but I know what that verse meant because I'm a theologian. Yeah, really? Really? Let me see your cap and gown. That don't mean much to me anymore anyway. What do you mean? Well, I'm smart. I know that these promises was to the early church, early disciples. So we have to ask ourselves, were these promises like this, was it for the first 82 preachers only? Because that's how many he was dealing with. Was it just for the first 82 preachers only? I say certainly not. For Jesus said, watch, he that believeth and them that believe will be able to do the works. Let me give you some scripture. Matthew 21, 22. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing, ye shall receive. I'm bound and determined to do it. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Are you getting there yet? John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. You've got it. So when he's talking about I give you power, that word is exousia. When you look at it and study it out, it means delegated authority. I'm giving you the delegated authority, the right to use power as received and when needed to destroy Satan's works. He said, I'm giving you that right to destroy anything that he starts. Then he goes on, he says, I'll give you power. Then you look at the next phrase, which to tread on, and to tread on means to have absolute mastery over any work that has evil intent. Mastery. Everybody say mastery. That means you don't have to take up, you don't have to take his mess. I'm telling you, in the middle of the night, it's time when you start getting a little older, you start thinking, well, this is it. Coming home, Louise. Now, that never bothered me when I was a young man, but the enemy knows when you get a little older, he can talk to you. You say, well, I'm a Christian. He can't talk. Oh, he can talk to anybody. I can prove that. Go back and look in Job. He presented himself in the counsel of God. He can talk to anybody he wants to. The difference is what we do with it. We either abdicate our response, our, our authority, or we take the authority and say, Devil, enemy, negative response, whatever it is, gets you behind me. So it gives you absolute mastery. Say absolute mastery 
over any work or evil intent, or any work of evil intent. See, God sees power, his power, as absolute. It's complete. Over all things, can you prove it? Colossians 1.16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, or all things were created by him and for him. When you know God and allow God's presence to come into your life, there will be, there will be a great power because you will move in the authority of the relationship you have with the one who created all things.